Don't fuck with me. I've never seen that before. You break a record. Ooh, I could break just, a record. Oh, before yeah. we, can we be, just for, give me a minute. <laughs> He's trying to break a record on his head now. And it's not working. And I'm no, now just a watching b- a man <laughs> smash a record in his face. It's a real bendy one. Try a harder one. Perhaps this would be more brittle. Yeah, try a brittle one. No. Try, keep trying, though. This is fun for me. <laughs> There's not enough brittle ones here. This will do it. This is going to work. It's already got a break in. It's been fixed. Blam. Yeah, but it's been, it had a crack in anyway. It was Come fixed. Come on. Fixed. Welcome to Cheap Show. I'm Eli Silverman. Che- no, we're not doing a <laughs> podcast in that level. Oh, I'm at that level this week, though. You were, you were bouncing around like a merry soldier before. I know. As soon as the, the horrible duty of having to spew this crap out becomes real again, my energy tanks. I'm taking Give you me to, something. I'm going to report you to Paul in HR. Oh, I don't want to go up there. I'm going up there. Lula, lula, lula. Knock, knock. Lula, lula, Is that the noise? Lula, That's knock, the sound effect. You can't you. hear this conversation now because you're downstairs. Yes, but what's the lula, lula? That's me. That's my walking song. That's your walking upstairs song. The lula, lula, walking up the stairs and knocking on the door. Lula, lula. Hello, Paul. Come in. Yes, hello, Paul. Thank you. What's the problem? Eli's playing up again. Is he showing who is nubbing? Not today, no. He's uh just be, he's just been a naughty boy and I'm tired of it. He's been all grumpy. Well, I tell you what, would you like to file a report? Yes, I would. What does the report gonna say? It's gonna say this. Eli Silverman's a dirty rotter and I don't like him and he's in a mood and I don't like it when he's in a mood. Right. And a I... loo la loo la loo. I can loo la loo, a loo la loo. This is my fucking going up the stairs song. It's not a, you can't. A loo la loo, a loo la loo, a loo la loo. Hello? You see pools. what I'm working with here, Paul? The pools. Yes, I do. It's the pools. terrible. I can hear you talking about me, the pools. Hello, hello. Up the stairs, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, you two. Yes, hello. Got you're, a problem? Yes, you're both a pair of cunts. <laughs> Welcome to Cheap Show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going li- to literally do it there? <laughs> Why fucking no, not? No, this, I know I say this every time, yeah? But yeah. Can I just get two things out of the way? Yeah. yeah? I'm hungover. I feel bad. Real bad. This boost sugar-free fruit punch flavour energy... It's helping. All right, that's one thing I've said, right? One thing, okay? Uh, I hate these well, cold the, open. The two thing, yeah? I'll do, the two thi- I'll do two things. I'm saying two things. Go on. Second thing I wanted to say, that I know I always say, is let's do this again. Well, let's do it. Let's come in hard again. All right, at places, everyone. We're taking it from the top. Here uh, we go. And action. Hello, everyone. I'm Eli Silverman. This is the cold open to Cheap Show. But as you know, with Cheap Show, there's never a cold open because it's really warm, isn't it, Paul? Alula, alula, alula. I'm coming down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best idea. Alula, alula, alula. Yeah. <laughs> this stairs song is the best thing. <laughs> Welcome to Cheap Show. Oh, right. I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. Cheap show, you're going to have to learn to fucking accept. Cheap show. Off brand, brand, off brand, brand, off. Cheap show. It's the price of shite. Silverman. Welcome to Cheap Show. And I go and I nuzzle. Well, hello you, it's Cheap Show. I am a Paul Gannon and that is an Eli Silverman and we do a podcast weekly about the fun things we find in charity shops, bargain bins, pound lands, rummage sales, 
fates, bazaars, and group meetings. <laughs> Rabotage, pince-nez. No, right, okay. You at least have to say normal things first before oh, you I don't have shit. to say normal things to you. Rabotage, pince-nez, I say. What have we got coming up on the show today, Paul? No, no. What? No. We're not doing this. Finister MacGyver? <laughs> All right, hang on. We've got something there. We've got something there. Finister <laughs> MacGyver. No, come on. Let's get it together. You're the one losing the shit. I'm not losing my shit. My shit's together. Mm, let me think. Losing his shit. Smacking his face with a record at the beginning. <laughs> not going low with the Lula Lula walking up the stairs song. Stop breaking them on your head. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> The top of the head. Top of the head's the secret. Yes. It must be because that's like some kind of weird skull nubbin you've got up there that can pierce a record. Skull nubbin. Skull nubbin. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just want to point out to our listeners that I'm not just destroying records that weren't already uh, unplayably broken. Yes. No, he is only destroying the ones that he has no need for, and nor could anyone else get any need of. <laughs> use. The word is use. Anyway, <laughs> we have a fantastic show this need week. Off. Get any need we off. have a fantastic show. No one else could get any need of. What is that sentence, Paul? You're not gonna I'm not gonna let it lie. I am not gonna let that go by. Should have let it lie. That no one else will have any no, you are. I can't even say it as badly as you said it. I won't stand for this. I'm going next door. Leela Lula. Leela Lula. <laughs> that is this, you're making that Leela Lula song too general. It has to be just going upstairs. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to I'm gonna broaden its appeal to more like uh, a, fanci- a fantiful strut away from somewhere. Leela Lula. Yeah. A Lila. Okay. Get it right. Leela Lula. Leela Lula. You've got to remember the Lou. I always Otherwise, do. it's fucking nonsense, mate. <laughs> So, on the show today, we will be diving into a Paul's Page Turner and a Silverman's Platter. Silverman's Platter's coming up. But I think we might have a new character coming this week. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this, everybody. I can't wait for you to meet him. And Spoiler alert, Paul's going to do gonna a pirate. Next... It's going to be a pirate character, and you can only just imagine how bad that's going to be. I can't believe how it. Under, I'm so excited. How underdeveloped this character is already. I've already got um, a name. It's going to be a Long name. John Wanker or and, and something again, like that, isn't it? I'm gonna, long Dong Poo Man <laughs> or something. I don't know, Long Dong Wanker's quite it's good. It's going to be Spunk Beard, isn't it? I've got the name sorted all right. Spaff Beard the Pirate. I might be making some amends. Yeah. <laughs> I got it, didn't I? No. Wanker. No. So that's something to look forward to. Sludge I'm sure beard. you'll agree. Now, we've mentioned it before. Let's mention it very quickly now. We are doing a live, live show. Live show. Live show. I'm looking forward to, to it too much. It's already. It's almost half a year away already. No, it's it's three months away uh, or something. Uh, uh, uh. It's actually... Well, this is 280. This is episode 280. We're 20 away. 20 episodes away. Yeah, remember, we only did... It seems like a lot of episodes. Only the other day, they raced by... <laughs> They do. They race by. Oh, sorry. It's very gaseous. Some would say that they strut by with a Leela Lula style. <laughs> you can keep trying. You can keep trying with that, Paul, but... I'm just saying. I'm trying to make the people Lila forget. The Leela Lula stride. I'm trying to make people forget. What's this? Finicus like the Lamb of Every little fucking can. Walking down the street with his mum. He walks right by doing the Leela Lula. No, I'm doing... Um, I've got a... Chodney up the bar. Shut up! 
And shut, just to shut your fucking stupid mouth for one second, you wretched little half pipe. And my mum can spot me off. Let's <laughs> get that out. <laughs> Fine, Paul, behave. Yes. Fucking human walking cauliflower ear of a human being. Fucking, that is, you're getting more toxic week on week. Don't call me a cauliflower ear. One, I don't look like that. Two, Sometimes I wish I was a human tumbleweed. Then I could tumbleweed right through this, you know. Lilalula away. <laughs> you got nothing, and you still haven't said what's coming up. Oh yeah, you no, did. Stop, stop, stop right there. Live show, August, oh, yeah. August thirteenth at the Harrow Arts Centre, just outside of London. Uh, it's going to be a big old show, and we'd like as many of you to come as possible. Now, if you're a Patreon, you get uh, a discount for some money off, and if you're not, it's still quite cheap. Tickets are fifteen pound, which I think. It's very fair. Seems reasonable to me in today's climate, Paul. Yeah. There there are details in the metadata for this episode. And also, if you go to our website, thecheapshow.co.uk, there's links there to get tickets and stuff like that. So come and join us. We're going to go on about it for three more months. You really are, aren't you? Here we are. But we will announce guests soon. We've got Biffo and Stuart Ashen. We've got them coming. We've got some big names, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, guys and dolls. We've got some fantastic guests who I've yet to ask. Lizards and permissive uh, flies. And I think that's it. We've got no... Um... Oh, if that's it, is that the end of the episode? No, I mean, I'm it's saying... It's the end. Oh, there, no, there no, any... no, no. He's trying it. Oh, he's trying it. Oh! Oh! oh God, fuck <laughs> Don't. It You're going to put your eye out I with just a sharp edge. That jagged edge. Yeah, just be careful, mate. I'll do it with the horns up. Really be careful. There. Uh... <laughs> that worked. You cracked it in half. I can't believe this is content. It's not content, is it? <laughs> He's broken a record and shrugged uh, at me. Got an headache, Tommy. I know you got one. <laughs> I got an headache, Tommy. Why does Cannon and Ball keep coming Ooh, up? Oh, I could crush your grape. <laughs> That's not Cannon and Ball. No, who is it then? I'll give you five points. Larry Grayson. No, he said shut that door. I get them confused. Larry Grayson. You don't get him confused with this other guy. The other guy, who used to do Cracker Jack. Stuart Little. It's all close. Stuart Little's an animated mouse. <laughs> <laughs> is this quiz time? Yes. All it's right. Paul's impromptu quiz time. Um, is he called Stuart? Yes. Stuart Well, was... a contracted Stuart. Stewpot? No. Stew... Has he been totally U-treed? No, yeah. I don't think he has. Actually, I don't know if he's even alive, to be fair, at this point. Francis. Stu Francis. Yay! Well done. Thank Ooh, you. I could stamp on a dollhouse. Oh, he used to say, oh, I could crush a grape. Stu yeah. Francis. That was yeah. his whole gimmick. He yeah. would say things he would like to do. <laughs> Which is a shit gimmick. <laughs> no, it's just like he could do. Oh, I, I could... Open a door. Wash a windmill. Yeah. Oh, I could... I could flick a bean. Oh, I could drink a donkey Ooh, dry. Oh, I could spawn me chod right off. No, he wouldn't say that, would he? Oh, I will chat me with the randos and spot my child right off. It's a musical episode from us today as we go through the trough. We got nothing for you, listener, and nothing in between. And if you chod me off, I will cover you with my green. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. It's so predictable and shit and fat and ugly. Stop it! You're doing nothing! <laughs> Ooh, I can smash a vinyl. We need some, yeah, we need some structure, man. Yeah, we, we do. We need structure, and, Paul. And, you need medic- to, and psychiatric help. As the daddy of the podcast, you need to br- introdu- po- you need to introduce some structure at this point. Yeah, I'll fucking introduce daddy <laughs> structure at some point. <laughs> Right, let's just roll on. Let's just, let's just put a line under the segment and move on to the show. Put a fucking line under it. <laughs>
Oh, do you like books? Yes. Let's have a look at Paul's page turners. <laughs> What's that from? I don't know. I just thought to make it up. Try again. Can you just wait for it, me. I'll go, yeah. It's All like right. that. Do you like books? Yes. Do you want to have a look? Yes. Let's do it with Paul's Page Turners. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Paul's Page Turners. Hello. Where I find a book in a charity shop or a budget bookstore like The Works, you know, one of those kind of places, and I bring it along for some educational purposes maybe we'll learn something along the way maybe we'll have a lot of fun doing so i'm enjoying your persona in this segment let me just say that are you enjoying i I think you should keep going all right well the book i've got today i found in a charity shop for one pound and it is quite a recent book and it is by an author called james felton (laughs) i don't know why i'm laughing (laughs) i think it's because i felt yeah (laughs) he felt on he fucking grabby little felt well i just i read it as felt john Felcher, I've got a Felcher. <laughs> no, you don't. Saturday nights. Anyway, the book is called Party Time. The, the book is called 50... Full Felchon. <laughs> I've got a full Felchon. Have you finished being a complete cretin? Jeremy, Jeremy, I have a full Felchon. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> Excuse me, Jeremy. Because aren't you embarrassed by this? Hello, Jeremy. Do you ever listen back and go, oh, I shouldn't have said that? Jeremy, it's the felt. <laughs> right, you know, okay, apparently not. Love the smell of your own fart, you do. Right. Exactly. Eli dragged a fart in here before we started recording. Oh, here we go. And Here's it, the bum shaming. It was a real sulfurous, wretched, burnt cold. No, keep shaming of... me. Keep shaming me for shit, for doing normal things that every human does. Arse for having a gust, a process, an alimentary canal, a, a, a digestive tract, if you will. Yes, but the problem I'm is... I'm glad I have a digestive tract, Paul. I did not carry the fart in. I did. You I did. did. You yes. dragged it in like a dead dog on a leash. <laughs> Left it there. Can we just mention this cover of this sci-fi paperback? Do it now before I just throw the book I'm holding at you. No. (laughs) Fucking hell. This is a science fiction classic by Cordwain... (laughs) You're ruining my segment. Cordwainer Smith. (laughs) I didn't realise that was... It's like most unusual name ever and then most common name ever. That's one word. Cordwainer. I've never heard of Cordwainer before. I literally have not heard... I reckon that's like they, you know, his he had eccentric parents who made up that name. I mean, there's no law saying you can't. Just As make he was up being name, born, right? they, his dad looked over and like there was a cord, and and he was sad about it. It waned. <laughs> yeah, that cord is frayed. It's a cord. It's waned. My baby reminds me of a waned cord. Uh, this is a book called The Under People. Yes. But what really stood out to me is it's a this... sci-fi book, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little paperback. Is the cover, which seems to have some kind of astronaut or space general walking yeah. down a corridor towards the reader. Yes, and the the walls of this corridor, Paul, on either side are naked ladies standing with their bums facing in. It's an so arse corridor. Think, yeah, what do you think he's? Is he like hmm, inspecting the farts? Space fart number two. Maybe sulfur, sulfur girl number five. No, maybe it's they're more like pinheads as well. They've got like weird conehead, titthead things. Tit-head things. Yeah. Maybe it's where Dan Aykroyd got his inspiration for the sketch show uh, Coneheads. It was a sketch on Saturday Night Live. It was, wasn't it? But yeah. then it got its own show. Got its own film. Never a show. No, I don't think so. I think so. there was a Coneheads show that didn't have him in. I there don't definitely know. was. I remember it. I, there was definitely a Coneheads uh, TV show. There definitely was. <sighs> <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> don't. Was there a Coneheads TV show? 
No. What? No. Yes. Coneheads. Pinheads, it was called, or something. It was basically the same thing, but with... There was an animated series, but yeah. it was a pilot. Oh. Animated pilot based on the Saturday Night Live sketch. I'm having a real um, Mandela effect moment here. Yeah. I definitely remember seeing a, a Coneheads TV show. No, just um, the film, that Wasn't animated there, What series. was that thing with John Lithgow, who played the dad? That's Third Rock, from, Rock the... from the Sun. Okay. Didn't they have funny heads in that? No, they were just John Lithgow and French Stewart. <laughs> That's my impression. You can't see it because I had to just squint my face. If you do want to see a picture of uh, the cover of this uh, magazine with the bum, bum, bum corridor, Space General in bum, bum corridor. Hey, imagine um, walking down that, lee la loo la la <laughs> <laughs> No, that would be yeah, a yeah, lee-la-loo-la. Yeah. <laughs> what if they're not... What, wall- what, what an if, absurd cover that what is. What is? What if they are... Not wall linings, but they're doors, and you have to put your finger in a bum hole to open them. Access denied. <laughs> God only knows what the bloody painter was thinking, that that is an acceptable. I mean, is, does is it, it happen like in the book? Sex, se- are they all robot sex robots, and he's selecting the model he wants? Is it what? like the Borg, though, where like they're just all... Should we see? There's androids. a very brief blurb. Blurb me. The underpeople were mutated from animal stock to serve mankind. They are sex slave robot things. They lived down deep. All one word with a capital. Down yeah. deep. Down deep in their asses. One of those sci-fi words, isn't it, for something? They lived down deep in the forgotten corridors. Here we go. And caverns of old earth. They're old bum-bum corridors in old earth. Servants to the men who bred them in their own image. But even underpeople dream and often have strange powers. Do they? And now they have a strange ally in the richest man who ever lived, Richard Brandoff, the man who owned the whole planet. It doesn't say Richard Brandoff. It actually does. It's funny. Show me enough. the book. I'm... Show me the book, or I'll show you... you this one by throwing it at your eyes. What is your fucking problem? You. I bring you a bum bum corridor, a fragrant bum bum corridor. <laughs> Must be like the worst row of Febrezes in the world. <laughs> and now they have a strange alley of the richest man who ever lived, the man who owned the whole planet. There's no Richard Brandoff in there. Which is anyway, it's a good thing for you that because then you haven't ripped off something from a shitty sci-fi book by Cordwainer Smith. <laughs> Cordwainer Smith, yeah. It's Paul's Page Turners, everyone, Paul's where Paul looks Turner. at books and reads bits of books out. And then spends seven minutes talking about a shit bum bum We should mention this book. as well. We should mention this now. Yeah, we've got, got another here. book. Now, this is a book I'm surprised we haven't covered because it's always in charity shops. It is always in charity shops. And I have a personal memory of this whole series. Mm. There was Graffiti Lives OK, which is this one. Yeah. And there was like two and three. He did a whole yeah, series because it was a huge bestseller, I think. This well, explain one. What, what this book is. Graffiti Lives OK by Nigel Rees. And it's a very early, basically, collection of so-called real graffiti. But it's that kind of graffiti that you get in the loo, Yeah, basically. It's not like, you know, it's like before the whole advent of hip-hop graffiti, that kind of colourful, artistic mural writing and tagging. Yeah, this is just scrawls. This is scrawls, and it was all about the wit, then, of what you actually wrote. Quote-unquote Here I, for example... Here I sit, broken farted. <laughs> I can't believe I fucked that up. <laughs> it's like those... Poop. Here I sit, broken hearted, paid my money and only farted. You know, when you had to yeah, pay yeah. like that. Here's the thing, Or like, it's like, I suck cocks or whatever, you know Yeah, what but mean? it's like or, that thing we talked about last week, isn't it? Where, oh, my brain's gone blank because I can't listen to you and I tune out. <laughs> Look, there's Nigel Reed on the on the back. Oh, no, the, the elephant poo holder candle. You know The, the, the elephant a- poo hole, the, the poo candles. The, 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 not the poo candles, the uh, door handles for the toilet. Yes. With the elephant, it was like... The humorous. You know, um, uh, poo dares wins. Yeah, terrible puns. But he, Nigel Reed, who says on this, was the author of quote-unquote, so that was probably a similar thing where he just collects funny quotes, probably. 
I'm imagining. Yes. He's sort of a bon vivant who collects stuff. So what bon mots have they got in that book? I just want to mention, I used to read this from the shelf in WH Smith in Brent Cross when I was in... Just when put I was it in, back on the shelf yeah. and go. I used to love these. These were my favourite, these kind of toilet humour books. You don't see this kind of genre that much any, not, anymore. Not of that. I mean, you still get they like, do books get like humorous books. Shit don't you? Britain, where it's like, yeah. here's a town and it's shit. This, this is a toilet. This is a perfect example of toilet humour. <laughs> no. Have a look. I want to pick one. Uh, let me just give, give a couple. I want to read one out. Uh, there's also a visual one here, which has a, a sketch of two cubes, and it says underneath, balls to Picasso. Nice. Because mm. he's a cubist, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can imagine, can't you, two wits walking down the street. Talk with look. Balls to Picasso, and it's two cubes, Tarquin. <laughs> Paul, I just want to just want to say one thing. Yeah. Balls can I just to Picasso, Tarquin? Can I just give it a, a small note on your little improvisation there? Your whole like that's got to be the laziest naming of a posh character I've ever heard. It's almost as bad as you calling your gangster character uh, like two weeks ago, Big John, Big John the gangster, and Tarquin the posh guy. Okay, can we? Can I? Can you please just try again? With a different... Okay. Try and call him Rando Vu Pincenez or something. No, I'll think of a good one now. Finister MacGyver. Hang on, let me think of a good name, all you right? You can't think of anything. Slippy Slap Bamo. I got one. Bertrude. Bertrude, look at that. Balls to Picasso. Chicken, why is Bertrude a chicken? It's a posh fop. It's my podcast. Read some graffiti out. You're fucking terrible. You really are under-inspired, aren't you? Look at that on the wall. Balls to Picasso. Come over here. This is a great one. This is all found in the toilet. This one is great. Beans means farts. That's what someone wrote on there. That's extremely famous. Yeah. Yeah. Because it. Do you know where that comes from? What? Beans means farts? Well, beans means Heinz, isn't it? It was a catchphrase. Is it spelled with a Z? That's a very yeah. famous piece of graffiti, yeah. Yeah. What would be the appeal of buying a book like this? You just put it in the loo and, like, I don't know, you read it. The emphasis in this collection is on the humorous, but sexual, political, and literary graffiti have been given a degree of permanence by their inclusion. The urge for us to scribble on walls is universal, and the sites for graffiti writers represented here range from the Bodleian Library via Alaska to the ladies in Chortle Come Hardy. <laughs> Here are a few phrases where Kilroy hasn't been. Jesus, graffiti book, bye-bye. Graffiti lives okay, doesn't. Doesn't. Well, it would have only cost, uh, ooh, £3.95. Seems quite a lot. What a load of shit. I saw a wimpy menu the other day. Like a cheeseburger was like 30p or something. You thought we're having a moment? <laughs> <laughs> Do we Read me playing? a story of the history of Do you want umbrellas? me to stop playing the, the Hovis music? No, please. The what? The Hovis music. na 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 Oh, I'm Eli, and I remember down Tippet all those years ago, I saw a wimpy menu, 30p for a burger. Ah. <laughs> I never. I never. I prefer the New that York graffiti. That was a wash. It didn't work very well, did it? No, and a lot of that is cut out of this episode. Shall we have this story then? Right, here we go. So, yes, James Felton, finally, we're back to you. 52 times Britain was a bell end. The history you didn't get taught in school. Is that one time for each week of the year? I guess it could be. Seems arbitrary otherwise. Seems otherwise, yeah, but, you know, it's fine. So this is um, a collection of uh, history 
from James Felton's research that he has humorously rewritten as short paragraphs and stories in this book. See, it's trying. It looks like from the cover and the title that it is trying to be humorous, Paul. But when you leave through it, most of the stories were deeply depressing. Very depressing. Deeply, deeply depressing. Deeply, very depressing. Because you know, I mean, it's like fifty-two times Britain was a bell end. Surely, I'm not, I mean, I don't want to come across as too fucking woke, but surely the whole fucking history is mainly just invasion People and being war shit and being to shit. Each other. Yeah. No, well, the human race as a, you know a, I mean? as a general Especially rule Britain. are shits. James Felton is a writer and journalist who has contributed articles to the Guardian Independent Daily Mash IFL Science. So we picked this one story out. This one fascinated me from the options you gave me, Paul. And also, it's something we did touch on a few weeks ago, so it gives us a chance to touch on it again. And I like it, Eli, when we get together and touch on things. Yes, yes. touch my button. When, they, when we prod. So this is the title of this start article. We rob people's graves, we in this case being British people. Oh, I thought we were doing the umbrella one. No. I was all, all geared up to learn the history of the umbrella. No, because we spent 50 minutes trying to pick a story, and then you finally said this one, and now we've started recording. It's all recording. just corpses and fucking shit, isn't it? Well, let's find out. All right. We rob people's graves so much we had to booby trap graveyards with automatic shotguns. So here's the story Ooh. of this. So uh, I'm just going to apologise in advance. Obviously, James Felton is a humorous writer, so some of the humour in this will be from... His terminology and not mine that I've put upon this reading from the book. <laughs> you really are struggling with basic sentence structure today, Paul. I, I mean, I don't want to point it out. Yeah, you're right. I'm what you trouble. meant to say is, I'm reading this out so the jokes are all from him. Not from me. I want it clear. We're this not plagiarising Felchon. No, we are not <laughs> plagiarising Captain Felchon. Felchon. Felchoff. Oh, hello, Jeremy. I've got Felchon. <laughs> is that Jeremy? I'm glad that's of all the stuff you've done recently, that's the one you're going to go back to try and get more humour. Hello? Yeah? Jeremy? Here we go. I've got a felch on. Christ, I'm going to fucking just... just, just you're going to what? Hit just... me? Hurt me? Poo shame me? I bum bum shame me? Sit on your chest. Oh, yeah? Spunking, the, spunking my eyes? No. Gum up my eyes with no. the old spunky? I'm going to pinch your nose. Going to give me a case gonna... of spunkivitis? I'm going to pinch your nose. And then come in my mouth? No. And then spunk in my ear? No. I'm going to pinch your nose. <laughs> And then squat, and then and drop. shit, shit in my mouth. No, shit on me. No, my shit. cloaca will open. You don't have a cloaca, Bob. I do. <laughs> you don't. And I will pu- push out oh, a gun and egg. Oh, this has gone into this has gone into fantasy. That's not a cloaca. I have got one. Cloaca, waka, waka. No, that's <laughs> Fozzy Bear's catchphrase. <laughs> Imagine he was getting off with a bird. Well, he could have been had an affair with Gonzo's chicken. Yeah, Camilla. Yeah, but he wouldn't, Fonzie wouldn't, I mean, not Fonzie. Oh, Fonzie, where's Camilla? Cloaca, cloaca, cloaca. <laughs> that's what I wanted, thanks. Yeah, that's the Muppet Show yeah. you weren't allowed to see. You what? <laughs> How did that Eli, happen? Eli, yeah. this segment's not working. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> the whole show today, Paul, I know, we've started on a weird mood. It's a terrible show. It's, Sometimes it's a, it's a terrible show. I mean, it we have to keep making it. Yeah. Do you know what, Paul? Are you feeling Is like... this the... our hell? Do you feel like the 20 episodes leading up to the live show are like seems like an endless stretch? <laughs> yeah, but I always I felt that about episode 230, right. 180, you know what I mean? We'll it's get like, out and about next week. Yeah, we're going to do an out and about one next week. It'll be Stretch fine. our legs. Yeah, it'll be fine. Get out of this fucking mad hellhole we're in. Yeah. Where, I can't do words. You... Mad hellhole. <laughs> Is it a mad hellhole? Yeah. Is it a mad hellhole? I think we create our own world of madness Tell you what, when, when I have a curry... Do you want to, you want to just talk over me all the time? Or do you want to like let me finish a sentence before you say a chodney or something? All right. Because, you know, 
I'd like to hear it sooner. Please, why not just preempt my talking completely and have no point of me in this show? I'm going over here. Oh my god! Should we do this fucking story and get out of here and have a break? I want a cup. I want a cup of tea or something. Okay. I want a coffee there. I'll finish that off. No, I'll make you a new one. You don't like. It's too cold for you now. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy Gannon needs a hot one. He does need. Daddy Gannon needs a hot one in his structure. All I wanted to say was when you said it's a hell red hellhole. Twenty seven was minutes we recording, <laughs> and I'm cutting out most of that graffiti book. I just wanted to say that's like my bumhole after I've had a curry. That was the joke I wanted to make. Thank okay. you. What a waste of time. A red hellhole. Right. There's nothing the British love more than tutting at people standing on the left of escalators in London. I don't tut. I seethe inwardly and I feel like my fight or flight syndrome kicks in. I'm like, oh, it's it's terrible. It's part of being a Londoner. Isn't it? That impatience to keep Do you getting feel on. It? Do you feel that rage? I try not to. I know. You try and fight it, but sometimes the rage sometimes builds. Sometimes it's like, you've got out of my way, old lady. I'm going to push you face first tell down you the what, escalator. I tell you what, Paul. I was DJing in Shoreditch the other night and I went in to buy a Red Bull before my set yeah. in this shop and there was all these fucking people in the shop these youths who were like drunk or whatever in, in their glad rags. Yeah. And they were fucking incredibly aggravating. Just like the guy behind the, the desk was going, does anyone want to buy anything? And I'm just like, fucking buy something or do something. Stop standing around in this fucking shop. Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Tales from the high street. <laughs> it was. Talk you tales from the dance floor. That night, there's meant to be a Jimmy, uh, not uh, a Stevie Wonder special. So Jimmy I... Wonder, <laughs> the, the yeah. knockoff, Stevie Hendrix. He so... can see, but he can't play the piano. That's uh, that's the curse. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nine. So their band's not going to be on to do the Stevie Wonder special for an hour and a half. Yes. Right? This guy comes up to me. Goes, when is the band on? When is the band on? I'm like, it's at ten thirty. He's like, no, for an hour and a half. I'm like, yeah, an hour and a half. And then he goes, oh, can I have a request then? And I went, yes. And he went, can I stop you? Can I guess? Did he ask for Stevie Wonder song? Yes. Yeah. Which and, one? Uh, Superstition. Yes. But did he mispronounce Superstition? And Oh, go on. And he said, could you play Superstitious? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you fucking drunk twat. Do you know what I mean? You're there. What You know what I mean? You can just play it on your phone if you're that desperate. And also, it's called Superstition, obviously. Can I listen to Jimmy Wonder's Superstitious, you know please? I, mean? like, <laughs> I hate that. Anyway. Well, one sentence in and we've already gone off on a tangent. Okay. There's nothing the British love more than people standing on the left and complaining, blah, 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 and desecrating the final resting place of the dead. <laughs> Doctors in the UK have wanted corpses to gorp inside since AD 300. Sorry, to gorp. Gorp. To gorp inside, to look at. Gorp inside. Gorp inside. Gorp. G-A-W-P. They gorp. wanted corpses to gorp inside. To gorp inside. <laughs> I gorped in that corpse last night. <laughs> Filled it to the you chest mis- cavity. You misread that, didn't I you? I haven't. It says it. Say have the whole sentence from the beginning. Doctors in the UK have wanted corpses to gorps inside. To gorps inside? To gorp inside. You don't gorp inside a corpse. There's no light inside gorp, a corpse. To look into. That's what they said. To gorp around in oh. a corpse. Oh. To gorp at in. To gorp. Yeah, but gorp, gorp in. in. My problem is gorp in. It's gorp inside. And inside being one word. I would gorp at. Gorp at is the sentence he wanted. To gorp at corpses. Yeah. Well, that's it. Perfect. Just replace inside with at. Please. Since around 300 AD. 
Just because doctors didn't know anything back then didn't mean we didn't find the need to root around inside a corpse before declaring, yes, I'll probably put a lot of leeches on their testicles, and if it's a real emergency, maybe I'll drill a hole in their head. Uh, yes. It is true. Everything was leeches well, and holes. You used to get a, he- a hole in your head when you were alive to, to, if you had a headache. What was that called again? Well, tapping and stuff like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's, it's got a term, doesn't it? Well, no, it wasn't there. A, it, it stems from the whole fucking uh, lobotomy stuff, doesn't it? No, it's it make a hole in your head and it's... Oh. Drilling. When you drill a hole it's in your head. It's got a term which neither of us can remember. I need another lover like I need a hole in my head. Something like that, it, that song. It's by Prince. Please keep reading. You don't want to hear more Prince songs? I don't. I... Ah, uh, 2,100, a party in time, out of sight. Do you know what? Do. Not only did I listen to the band last night. Purple Vein. Play that Purple song, Vein. a whole medley. He did Prince. three Kiss songs, ending with Purple Rain. What were the first two? No, he didn't do three Kiss songs, did he? Prince he did songs. songs. And one of them was Kiss, <laughs> yes, wasn't it? certainly was. Prick. What was the other one, though? So Purple Rain, Kiss, and I don't know. I, what would I go for? Little Red Corvette. I want to be your lover. Oh, okay, yeah. And then we had a conversation about Prince for like... 10 minutes after the gig, okay? So please, I'm all princed out, yeah? I try and love him. I admire him more, you know? It's not, it's, you know? Until the 14th century, messing around with corpses for medicine or fun was outlawed entirely. Well up until the 1700s, dissection was allowed only on hanged criminals, which was a massive problem if you were a doctor who needed to learn how bodies worked, and even bigger one if you chose to specialise in necks. (laughs) I'm sure. Which is true, because, you know... This one's a bit broken. It's hard to get an idea of what broken. a neck is yeah. when it's in bits. They're all broken. Can I have an unbroken neck, please? That's the way they'd hang them, so their neck broke immediately as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, you but fall then fall and your neck They breaks. had to do the measurements, didn't they, on how long the rope had to be based on well, the weight of the really body. it's really inhumane if it's not long enough, because then you slowly suffocate. Surgeons would often have a hard time getting bodies from the hangman and have to hand over bribes. Because even people who kill people routinely for a living thought it was ethically a bit iffy. Right. So money would still change hands for a body. But those only hanged criminals were ones that were allowed to be sold. Yes. Right. Have you got a murderer? No, we've got, we've got a we've we've got a thief. They're all hanged. It doesn't matter. They wouldn't ask what it was, would they? We've got Unless a... they were a brain guy. If Dr. Frankenstein, you want all the criminals, don't you? Yeah. Can I have a bit of him? And I'll have two. Oh, I'll have the leg off that one. What's the original? And the original Frankenstein, it's one brain, isn't it? It's one brain of a criminal. By accident, though, it wasn't. Oh, uh, yes, they mi- he mixes them he up, doesn't he? gets all confused and uh, it's like I put the wrong brain in. Ooh. It's going to cost you, mate. Schoolboy error. Schoolboy error, Is mate. it Igor Ooh. who does it? Yeah. Igor drop. Doesn't Igor. I've well, seen I don't one. know because I don't know. Is that know young where... Frankenstein? Igor drops yeah. the brain. Yeah. yeah. It's all but this coming... is the thing. I don't know where the book ends and, like, the film and young Frankenstein <laughs> starts in my head. So I'm never quite sure. Yeah. You know, what is the real. And stories. the man with two brains. Yes. That's also this uh, Frankenstein sort of thing, isn't kind it? Kind of, yes. It's a mad science B movie riff. Here we go. So, a dark industry of organised grave robbers sprung up. By the late 18th century, there was a thriving black market specialising in corpses. Gangs of grave robbers supplied atomists. Anatomists. Yay! Anatomists with corpse after corpse only slowing down when they wanted to control the supply in order to keep the prices up. Paul, just on a little tangent here. Gorp. You should have said gorp in corpses. Yeah, but the book didn't say that. There should have been a comma. I'm reading the There should have been a comma after gorp. Why are you still hung up on that? Because it sounded so weird. Yeah, but I didn't write the book! 
I'm just saying, if he'd put a comma in, don't you agree? If he'd put a comma in after Gorp, why don't you fucking tweet? Why don't I talk to Felchon? James Felchon on, on <laughs> He's Twitter. He's not called Felchon. It is. It's at Felchon. <laughs> Jeremy at Felchon. Hello. It's James as well, not Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy. James Felchon is probably a completely different man in a completely different line of work. Keep going, please. It got out of hand pretty quickly. Shakespeare's grave even spared a line to ward off potential grave robbers, reading, Cursed be he that moves my bones, instead of, for instance, mentioning his wife. Would you would you move a corpse if there was a gravestone and it said, Don't move me or you'll be cursed? I, that's what I was going to say. That wouldn't really put them off if they're determined grave robbers. Yeah, but we're talking about... You know, you know they're going to hell anyway, aren't they? Yeah, but you we're mean, talking about the 1700s anyway. where there was they, more superstition and religious That they fervor. believe maybe a, a spirit would get them. I mean, think about or a the, curse, the, the Tutankhamun yeah. thing. People shat the bed on that in, a, in be... a, a, a quote-unquote rational age. Yes, they would be cursed, yeah. Yeah, or more rational age. Well, I suppose my point is, Paul... If you're a grave robber, you probably, you know, you probably sort of, you've made peace with the fact that you're going to get haunted to shit and that you're going to hell. Do you My know what grave, I mean? if I if I just get buried, because I'm planning on getting cremated, but if they just bury me or they throw me in a ditch, I want my gravestone to just say, have at it, mate. And like, maybe pose me. Like, I'm. Um, this is really. This pose is. my body. This is strong meat, even for our show, Paul. P- pause my body in a kind of welcoming way, like I'm going, come over here. You're, you want them to fuck your corpse. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I didn't say I mean, that. I said didn't for medical say that. purposes. You didn't say for that. For medical purposes, you can use me. My body should be splayed. <laughs> like, beckoning. Like, one arm's presented in a way where it. It's reaching over. Come yonder. Come take my body for learning more about how the body works. I'm happy. I'm happy to be used. Corpse felching. That's all I can think of. No, I'm just saying, if, if, if I was buried I mean, I can think of other in the things. 1800s, and I'd, I'd be all right with them saying, dig up my bones, have a bit of fun. Get your, get, get your, get your fill. <laughs> Please. What? Fill my corpse. No, what? No, no. <laughs> Not fill my corpse. There's nothing about my corpse I want defiled. Well, you don't want it defiled, way. but you've got you've got your corpse out. You've got your corpse out, Mate, spreading its would, goods. As a comedian, as a man who makes jollies on a <laughs> weekly basis, right? What could be more gratifying than being like the hand found in an old lady's purse and a medical student's prank? I would love my hand to turn up somewhere it shouldn't. You know, like reaching out of a toilet when someone goes to a sit. Or what about use my head? Use my head for a laugh. Go on, put it on a birthday cake for granny for a laugh. Put it on there. What about me dingus? Come on now, we're all getting there. Wouldn't it make a great doorstop? Oh, what about, I don't know, on a spring inside a box that you give to an auntie for her birthday? I'd like my arsehole to be used as a redding ring. Oh, a redding ring? <laughs> is, that, is that something? A reddening ring? A wedding ring! Yeah. Do you I'm take... trying to fucking take part in this nonsense. In fact, when me and Eli pass on... Would you, dear listener, like our arseholes to be your wedding rings band? Or, or you could use my ear as your own arsehole. Band of arsehole. <laughs> use my nostrils as little uh, cufflinks. Yes. And why not use my nipples as uh, uh, earrings? Or you could use my meters as a as a as a letter organizer. <laughs> you could put your letters in it. How could you put the letters in a meters? <laughs> he's doing it with his like mouth. He slide the little letter. Oh. Like, oh. Do you know what? This yeah. is the worst episode we've ever done. Could possibly be. Let's see where we go. <laughs> All right. Two body snatchers in Edinburgh, Burke and Hur, got impatient waiting for people to die in order to get a paycheck, and so they killed 16 people themselves in order to get the bodies to the doctors. Is that the story? Well, that's the, the very simple story, but yeah. They started out as grave robbers and then went on to murder people. Oh. The problem got so bad that an industry sprung up to stop grave robbing. 
Rich people could afford mortar safes, giant iron cages to house the dead that would prevent robbers from getting in, or they would hire people to stand guard until the body had rotted enough that it was no longer of use to surgeons. Wow. There were also booby traps. There were reports of cemetery guns being used in regular use across England and Scotland to protect the dead. Cemetery guns. Yes. It's a whole term. Yeah. Guns were hooked up to tripwires and loaded with rock, salt, and pepper shot. Oh, interesting. Oh. Or plain old lethal ammunition. Rock, salt, and pepper. Then you could bring your, your chips out there. Yeah, you go, you? oh, look, I brought me chips to the graveyard. You throw your chips oh, in I the forgot, air. I forgot, I forgot the, the condiments. <laughs> kick, that, hey, what, kick that tripwire, would you? <laughs> kick. Bang. Hey. hey. Now, now, just we need, now we need some vinegar. <laughs> Dig up grandma and squeeze <laughs> her dry. <laughs> Squeeze her out of fanny. No, yes, that was the inference, Eli. When you say it, it just becomes vulgar. Oh, oh. I was having fun then, squeezing Granny's fanny. (laughs) Stop it. We shouldn't have done this subject, I'll tell you that right now. This horrible image of you taking an old dead Granny and putting her on a lemon juicer. Oh, 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 everything. Why has it got so grim? It was like you, me, fucking your corpse a anyway, minute ago. Grave robbers were still undeterred and would often pose as mourners and widows to scope out the cemetery during the day. Wow. Whilst grave keepers would in turn wait until dark to lay their booby traps down. Meanwhile, the poor just had to rely on someone placing a big stone or a flower bed on top of their graves to uh, detect disturbances. Yeah, but that's the thing. You're going to do it in one go. So... Why would that be a concern? If you're going to do it in one go anyway, you're going to... Exactly. But I guess it's just what you can afford to do to maybe deter people from digging up... Yeah, maybe that would deter you to a certain extent. Yeah. Do you think it changed, the whole industry disappeared when they changed the law concerning which bodies you could use? Well, Why did this go away? When did this era end? Well, it's funny because it kind of bleeds over into the other problem with graveyards, which was fear of being buried alive and ghosts and stuff like that. Yes. Graves were all set up with bells and things. So and little the, bells, it, I yeah. think it was just the industry. It's kind, it's kind of like a fad, I guess. Well, and then London... When, and when donors became a thing, maybe that's when... Well, that's what I mean. So the religious uh, allowances must have changed over the years so that it was easier for... Well, for if, because there was more and more doctors who needed corpses over the years. That no, no, demand, no, but also, What I'm saying is that demand is still a demand today, isn't no. it? No, well, look at it this way, right? The more you learn, the less you have to dig up a body. So after a yeah. while, there's only so much you're going to get out of a corpse yes. and you move on. Also, guess, if there's yeah. no money in it for the grave jobbers anymore because, you know, they don't need bodies as much, or they just get legal donors, yeah. then that industry stops yes. as well. Yeah. So I guess at that time, what they were saying is, even if you were a doctor, you couldn't leave your body to medical science. You couldn't... I, I don't know when allowed. that came in. Yeah. But at some point, it must have. Yes, so that's it, what I mean. It, and then you also it, had the, the grave farms, uh, body farms as well, yeah. obviously, where they'd study... Uh, decomposition by just having graves sitting on the ground with cages over them. Yeah. Couple of things, Paul. Yes. So basically, there was also at that time, at some time in the late 1800s, wasn't there a sort of, uh, uh, there was a glut of corpses, wasn't there? There was a real, well, at various times, like the plague, obviously, but I think in the late 1800s, there was, they had to build these necromancons, cities of the dead. Well, that was because London was growing and yeah. building, and so there were fewer places they to They didn't have the room for the bodies. But then that's where the Great Seven came from, isn't the it? Magnificent the Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. Which Great is Highgate and, 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 and Nunhead uh, and uh, uh, several Kensal others. Rise and whatever. And Kensal Rise, yeah. And the other one. and, and Brompton. Anyway, thanks for listening to Corp. No, listen, show. one other thing. It's just a little show. 
Can you imagine, though, a, a Victorian-era horror with zombies and, like, the grave robbers go in and, then, like, a graveyard booby trap gun goes off and blows oh, their head off and then they idea, go really? all zombie. Quite, yeah. They turn zombie as well. Do you see what I mean? The or, you have a, or you have a finale in, set in a graveyard because you know there's booby And there's all these booby traps going and off. And you use it to survive and like get out. Like a sort of steampunk, yeah. like uh, Indiana Jones sort Something of like thing. Something like that. And you're pulling tripwires That'd be cool, getting, wouldn't it? It'd be quite fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, if any, if you're listening, Mr. Hollywood, Eli and I will write the script for you. What should we call it? Uh, Grave Robbers of the Dead. Grave Robbers. But what about Juicing Granny? <laughs> All right, yeah, you got the line. Night Stop. of the Dripping Nan. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> it's time for a new segment of the show now. It's called Gannon's Grooves. No. No, I won't have it. Doesn't I matter. won't have it. I'm phasing no, I you out of the podcast. I'm going to do mate. what you did with the source report. So disrespectfully last week with the source report. Refused. Refused to take part in the source report. I made so I'm gonna, a silent protest. Can, I'm making a silent protest now. I will not be privy or party to Gannon's so-called grooves. Why don't you shut up then if this is a private... And also, there ain't no grooves this week. There ain't no grooves this week, Paul. I find them groovy. You do not find them and groovy. And also, the grooves of the record. So it has double meaning. So why don't you keep your promise... Right, and shut up. Because unlike you, I can talk for a while. Whereas you struggle. It's like, at pop the sauce. Paul, Paul, please talk to me. Oh, the sauce is nice. It's peppery. You done now? Yeah. What? Right. No, no, it doesn't matter. This is it's Gannon's Grooves. No, it's and you're not. having a silent protest, so be quiet. I'm not having I'm a happy. Si- no, I've decided against that now. I am more than happy for I've you decided to not my to... movement has a better course of action by taking affirmative action. And that is what? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Silverman's Platters. This is the section of the show. Gannon's Grooves. <laughs> you fucking don't, you fucking. The section of the show where. I've got a poll. Speak to me. We look at. I need you. Vinyls that I've picked up. Uh, novelties. Curios and Esoterica. From one-hit wonders to big old blunders, we listen to them all. We do here on Silverman's Platters. And the patron saint of Silverman's Platters... Still doing that, are we? Is Clark... Did that joke really die out a long time ago now? I don't think the patron saint would like to hear you say that. I'm not so talking ill of the patron saint. I just think that whole this whole bit you want to do now, the forthcoming bit is, you know, uh, less returns, isn't it? it? It's not as good. We're not going to contact him. That's over with. Good. So we just mention him. All right, fine. We can work that in. The patron... <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Eli Silverman. You're Welcome to... You're doing very well, are you, this week? Oh, dear. Hello, everybody. I'm Eli Silverman. I'm going over there. Leela, Lula, <laughs> Don't with the Leela. Oh, you're pushing for the fucking title to be the Leela, Lula. So let's fucking get it. Let's get it. this Leela out. Let's do the Leela. I'm all out of Leela Lula oh, now. Oh, I'm walking down the street and what do I do? I do the Leela Lula, a Leela Lou. Now you've got me interested. Yes. <laughs> all right, okay. I kind of like that. Come it's got on, a nice rockabilly feel to it. I'm coming down the road and what do I see? There's a little lady Leela leaning at me and I do Leela as I walk a Leela Lou. I'm walking down even when I go to the loo. I like the Leela. A Leela Lou. Nah. And who's this lady? She's a Leela Lee. I said a Leela. A Lula Lee. Eli. Just like the author of The Underpeople, my cord is waning. <laughs> Your rock has wilted. I have uh, I have draped and drooped You've in, gone the, semi. in shadow. You've returned to semi. I have gone flaccid. Return to semi. 
<laughs> no such bone. Called Wayne and makes me think of fucking stringy big loops of cum. Why? Cords. <laughs> Cords of spunk. Why? Cords of spunk, Paul. I, I imagine it more like frizzy yarn. Super string. Fizzy string. Is it called super silly string? Super What's silly it? string. That's what my spunk is. is it's it? not silly oh, string. God, it's this su- podcast <laughs> is so fucking repetitive. It's... Right, we've got two pieces of uh, vinyl treasures for you this I week. I'm not done. I haven't said who the patron saint is. You've been done for a <laughs> very long time. I have said who the patron saint is, Paul. Patron saint of Silverman's Platters is Clyde McFatter. May God rest his soul. Rest in peace. Right, so we have two not too dissimilarly themed things, even though they are quite different <laughs> items, don't we? Try that. What try would, again. Try shall again. I? Yeah. <laughs> dissimilarly things. Lila lula. Similarly lula. Lila lu. Let, let me just apologise on behalf of both of us for this week's... We're not fit for purpose. Verbiage. Yeah. Verbiage catastrophe coming down the pipe. There's a verbiage catastrophe coming down the shit pipe. I know what we should do. What? We need to do vocal warm-ups right now. So we can do this next bit. Which one? How does the warm-up go? A lee la loo. Pa, pa, ma, 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 pa, pa, lee la loo, la, lee la loo, Shut up. Get on with it. Pa, Percy picked pepper properly, perhaps, perchance, poo poo tool. I'm not the pheasant plucker, I'm the pheasant plucker's son. I won't stop plucking pheasants till the pheasant plucking's done. Yeah, get down. <laughs> hey. I'm not the pheasant plucker, I'm the pheasant plucker's son. I what? won't stop plucking pheasants till the pheasant plucking's done. You sound like uh, the guy in yellow in the race. I won't have one. I'm not the pheasant plucker, I'm the pheasant plucker's son. I won't stop plucking pheasants till the pheasant plucking's done. Come on then, what's the vinyl this week, Paul? Well, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the shanties or do you want to start with Isambard Kingdom Brunel? I think Brunel is less interesting, to be honest. I disagree. Do you want some light? I'll get some light on you. Turn on the light. Your knob's dropped off. Put your knob back on the wall. Put your knob back on the wall. That's it. <laughs> right, there you go. What are you going to do if you really don't have a nubbin? Put your knob back on the wall. Get your knob back on the wall. Suck my helmet. <laughs> go on, finish it. Go Get on. Get down on it. Suck my helmet. Don't destroy it. Just enjoy it. What you going to do with your nubbin up on the wall? What you going to do when you spunk doll up the wall? Standing with your dick in your hand. Get your nubbin on the wall. <laughs> okay, come on, mate. Come on. We can do this. So, the first one is this. It's called Isambar, Kingdom Brunel, and other comical sargles from our aerial. Sargles. Uh, S-A-G-A apostrophe L-S. See, I'd never heard that uh, or seen that word before I purchased that record. I think it is a, a kind of written inflection, like it's because it's a Bristol. Is voices. it a Bristolian word for a folk song? Is that what it is? Isambar Kingdom Brunel and other comical sagas from our area. Oh, it's, a, it's like, like a that. saga. Sagas, short stories. They tell stories, I've never seen it they? written like that, though. I don't think it's a real word. I think it's it's like someone's written the vernacular. It's a dialectical um, yeah. uh, variation. Yeah, interesting. And it's made by... Very much a Bristolian or that area. Yeah, and it's made by Old Pete and John Christie. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit of it for you now. But the suspension bridge cross the river Avon, Eisenbart Kingdom Brunel. Who 
Who's responsible for all the time that you save him when you goes from cliff and down the pill to see your auntie now? Who helps folks when they're on their way from Western to Blackpool to visit Severn Beach as well? Oh, what an engineer he used to live round here, Eisenberg Kingdom Brunel. Who made the big boogie all they calls the box tunnel? Eisenbart Kingdom Brunel. And who made him so straight there on his birthday the sun? Or shine up one end and come out of t'other as well? Who was it made it possible to get up to London in less time than it takes to tell? Oh, what an engineer, he used to live round here, Eisenberg Kingdom Brunel. I'll bet you to wish you... So this is interesting, right? Where this comes from is uh, BBC Radio Bristol. Uh, you uh, may have noticed that that record we did, Roundabout Record, was also BBC Radio Bristol, wasn't it? Was it? You know, the one with the radiophonic... Um... I thought that was Brighton. No, that was Bristol. I think it was Brighton. Go fuck off and do it. I'll read this bit out. So basically what this is, is old Pete and John Christie for a small amount of time featured on a BBC Radio Bristol programme. And I'm going to presume they were kind of like guests and they would turn up, tell a few kind of Bristolian stories and then sing a couple of their songs based on things that Bristol is proud of. One of them being Isambar Kingdom Brunel. And I thought that song was one of the best things I've ever heard on this show. Why do you like it so much? Because it's it's it it reaches for the stars, but he's got really tiny arms. It's like that. It's like he doesn't. The recording is so shit. It sounds like he's in a shed, hunched over his Casio, with a microphone pressed right up into his mouth, and the keyboard a bit too far away to hear on the mic. And he's playing it, and he's not putting all the effort in because he's not an accomplished singer. Yeah. But he's trying to copy it. But he's kind of done a big Broadway style musical. That's almost. what I was going to say. Is a it's a sort of show tune kind of template that he's put the put the lyrics you can into. imagine like you know it's not like a british folk song james cadney singing it you know what i mean on yeah. a big stage it's like it's got that kind it's of definitely thing. a show number um but his delivery is like my dad in the shed at six in the afternoon on a sunday it, singing it it's very lo-fi if you're into that kind of thing yes you're going to confirm now if that's bristol or brighton and the answer is going to be brighton so we can just skip God. to that bit uh, was I right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I always get them confused. Sorry, everyone who lives in those parts of the world. So David Wayne thought, oh, aren't you good, you two people, uh, uh, old Pete and John Christie? How about we release, for no real fucking reason, your so, song? Who does the songs? Because it is um, two different... Uh, John guns. Christie sings and old Pete does the dialogue. I think we'll play a little bit of that dialogue now here. It's not the story is what it is. It's yeah, like a, a little, little bit of story. Sargle, I say so. I'll, I'll play a bit of that here. Eisenbard Brunel, said Aldern down the club the other night. Just like that. Right out of the blue, he said it, as though it was a real pearl of wisdom, what he just found in his third pint of worthy. <laughs> Eisenbard Brunel. I knows it well, said Harry. Nice little pub, that. Just opposite Temple Mead Station there, as you comes down the incline. That, said Ern, is just about the limit of your conversation, Harry, isn't it? I mean, that's all you thinks about. Pubs. You want to get a bigger vista to your imagination, you know. Cause older than to fancy yourself, see, as a bit of a historian and a raconteur, like, see. And the social club, well, that's an ideal place for him to get on his eye horse, innit? Eisenbard Kingdom Brunel was a very clever chap, he said. A sort of West Country entree manure, as you might say. Well, I'll give him one thing, said Harry. He keeps a beautiful pint in that pub of his. 
Look, that pub is there only to commemorate his memory, innit, you fool, says Ern. He's getting all worked up now, see. And you never heard of Brunel before? Course I have, said Harry, winking at the rest on him. Dug the box tunnel, didn't he? He didn't dig it, you egramius. He designed it. Same as he designed a lot of other things, like the Salt Ash Bridge down Plymouth, and the Clifton Suspension Bridge, and what about the SS Great Britain, said Geoffrey. Ah, now, I'm glad you mentioned he, said Ern, because that is where he almost come unstuck. Why was that, said Harry? What happened? Well, they nearly didn't get out of the dock where he was built. That's what. So, yeah, old Pete talks and John Christie, quote-unquote, sings. Do you want to have a little look at that? It's a real curious. This is a, think, a, Yeah, go ahead. I think they were reasonably popular in their day on BBC Radio Bristol, so this is just brought out for the fans of them. Limited release, just for the local area. You could probably buy them at the BBC shop or something. You know what I mean? Or a newsagent's. And it was a nice local little treat. There's a certain, certainly a lot, you, if you were studying the dialect... Yeah. The, and it probably doesn't exist to that extent in that area as much these days. I don't know. But they say Gert when they they say great and all of that stuff. Yeah. It's it, all this in it, boy. It's very much the Bristolian thing. And he mentions in the song... Bristol. That isn't Bard Kingdom Brunel built the pub near Temple Meads, which is the station, station just is. down the road, yeah. I love all of that Apparently. detail about the city. And he mentions Clifton as well. Well, of course, because he, 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 he built the bridge there. Yeah, of course. and that special tunnel, which on his birthday, on isn't Bard Kingdom Brunel's birthday, the sun is in a position where it shines directly through the tunnel. And it only happens on his birthday. That's like sort of the Pharaoh-style stuff, That isn't is it? kind of yeah. a little bit more. It's like, isn't Bob, do you mind if we build a tunnel this way? No, no, it's got to go that no, way. No, but he planned it. He, he, you know, he's a great engineer. He he drew the pictures, didn't he? Oh, no, I'm he? sure, like, but I'm know. sure the whole conversation was, well, if we go this way, we'll save man hours and some no, time No, because and money. I want my birthday, like, the sun to shine. No, I want my birthday <laughs> to have a tunnel of light. Yes. Darwin. But it's, do you know what I mean? Isn't Bob, isn't Bob, isn't Bob Brunel? Balls to Picasso! Oh my god, he's back. <laughs> the chicken posh boy. Balls to Picasso! Oh, it's chicken posh boy. Hello, chicken posh boy. Hello, Eli. Have you seen that on the wall over there? I know, balls to Picasso, but they're cubes. Cubes! Very good. Have you seen any other amusing graffitums? Absolutely not. No. But what do you do of, of a day? I mean, what, what's your general routine? Posh? I will walk, walk around my, 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 my land. You own land, yes. <laughs> and I walk around and I go, that's mine. And that's mine over there. And you see that little house over there with the little, that's where I have my uh, house, oh, ooh, house workers. Ooh. Sorry it? to interrupt you. Oh. Could I have pulled back? I'll just come over here. Oh, you over there. Have you seen this on the wall? Yes, bye-bye, posh boy chicken. Picasso. Could you believe it? In this day and age. In this day and age. Goodbye, posh boy chicken. I'm going to tell the world. Paul? I've quite taken to him. I'm quite taken by him. Don't worry, listener. That isn't the character I've got in my back pocket. Why? That's coming soon. Do you know why do we do like several weeks and no characters and we sort of swear off them but the last couple of weeks it's gone fucking nuts again paul i think that happened we've got viberto we, are... we got granny sprinkles Wait, <laughs> have you noticed they come up when we have less content yes I have. <laughs> right don't tell the listeners paul here's a bit of content though yeah. you you know your theory about this record being like a local thing that was sold locally um because it in a local they won the way. radio. Yeah, the company is Sadisk Specialized Recordings Limited. Sadists. 
No, say this specialized recording. Say disc. Yeah. S A Y D I S K. Okay. S C. Sorry. Um, that sort of supports your argument that this was like specialized recordings. It's like they do small batches for yeah. like local projects. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They probably also specialize yeah. in tourist stuff. You know? Yeah. Here's her sounds of Brizzle. Yeah. I hope you enjoy your Here we go. And they've got their address in Gloucestershire there, so it's not even from the area. So yeah, and it's very much the the pink font. It looks like something that was sold sort of as a touristy it's, thing it's, as well. It's you know, Comic Sans basically, isn't it? Yes. An old school Comic Sans. Comic not... Sans before Comic Sans. And it's a seven inch for anyone worrying worrying about that. <laughs> it's a seven inch on thirty three. Yeah. And there's like four songs and that bloke telling the stories in between. It's I really like it. It has a certain charm, that's for sure. It's got a charm in that it's it's come from a place of love. Yes. And it's also got that it's very it, it's it's like it's only of any real use to people who lived in Bristol during this time period who got the yeah. references to the things they're talking about. But as a cultural as a sort of um snapshot of of culture. Yeah. Uh, it's it has some value, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, it's like it's, the dialect and all of that stuff. And... It's just a lovely so Isambard King thing. de Brunel wasn't from there because he says in the song that he lived round here. Yeah, where was he from though? I think he was from London or something, I wasn't don't it? Know. Okay, Google. Oh, it's over there. Should we go it. on to the second disc? Yeah, let's not do that. It, what is this? A James May documentary? <laughs> please, <laughs> please. You believe it? Are this, you back again? In this day and age, <laughs> oh. a James May documentary. Is he being narrow-minded about the Japanese this month? Uh, boy <laughs> chicken, I've got to... Yes? I've got some corn here. Uh, I'm throwing it over there. Yeah, he can't resist a bit of that corn. He loves it. He's gone then, is he? He's just over there. Gone. <laughs> gone for good. Can we please... Gone. Can we go on to Captain Birdseye? Yes. This was something I found in a charity shop the other day. And I sent you a picture, didn't I, on WhatsApp? Shall I get this? And you just instantly said yes. Pick Absolutely. It, up, yeah. it really is very much up my street in terms of uh, items I like. Um, and we've got a very special guest to help introduce item. this as well. Because, you know, Captain Birdseye is one of the famous uh, captains of the sea. But I thought I'd invite another captain oh. uh, that oh, I've really? met recently. And he's very much into what we're talking about today. Where's, so has he got gonna... off the boat? Where, where is he? Is he's, he in the uh, lobby? He's just outside. Oh, right, I'll go, go... Hang on, let me just go get oh. him. Hang on, here we go. This is my gallon's time to shine. It's going to be read. He's thought of some kind of pun with a pirate. Captain, Captain, oh, all right. It's going to be a pun. It's going to be Arr, like. Jim Lad. Oh, Arr, Jim Lad. Oh, hello. Arr. Hello, Captain. Yes. Is, oh. Well, if you're having some trouble walking there, well, take a seat, please. Oh, thank you very much. Arr. It's uh, nice to meet you. I'm Eli Silverman. I'm the co host of the show. Arr, Jim Lad. You're my little Eli Silverman. I've heard so much <laughs> about you. I've heard so much. I. I'm Captain Blue Balls. That's my name, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and I tell you, I've not had sex. I've had almost had sex, but I've not had sex in years. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, what, what keeps happening, but preventing you from ejaculating? Well, for instance, I meet a fine lady in a tavern, oh. and we get on after some tankards of air. Right. Arr! <laughs> Yeah. And her, <laughs> what happens then? We get romantically entwined, we do. Oh. And then, just as we're about to do the sinful deed, right. all of a sudden, she just vanishes. Puff. And I'm left. <laughs> oh, arr. Oh, arr. I'm left with blue balls. Oh, arr. Oh, arr. This has so definitely oh, been done oh, before as well. Oh, oh arr. Uh, this joke is literally from I'm somewhere else. I keep loving it. <laughs> 
So I tell you, I must be cursed for I took the evil treasure and I forgot that on the coin it says anyone who takes this treasure shall never ever have sex in any weather. You'll get so close. Who are you, Will? Right. But take And these. then he won't come. It, yeah. was, it, was yeah. long, it was a long curse. But the gist was, <laughs> I can never come ever again. Who are? But you, you constantly have blue balls. <laughs> Now, with... <laughs> orange, Jim Lad. Oh my God! I, I no, I'm I can raise the mainsail, but I cannot go to sea. Right. Who are? Now, lovely to meet you, Captain. Oh, oh. oh are you couldn't give a little bit of relief, could you, to an old captain of the sea? <laughs> 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 Shut up. Please, please, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Oh, please. <laughs> we have to actually review the thing. I've got... <laughs> anyway, I thought, because you're listening to some pirate stuff today, I thought I'd get involved. I'll tell you what, Captain. <coughs> I'll tell you what, okay? Oh. How about this for a compromise? Yeah? I'll tell you what, I'll go watch some porn and maybe that will set me off. You can go in the lobby. There's all sorts of stuff in there. But perhaps you'd like to join us uh, when we do the sea shanties. Oh, do you know any that. sea shanties? I've got one. Yeah, it's about... Yeah. It goes... Uh, Oh, oh no, we don't have to hear it now. What do we you really... do with a great old stiffy? What do you do with a great old stiffy? What do you do with a great old stiffy? Nothing, and I'm in pain. Ooh, all right, bit noises. Ooh, all right, oh, bit noises. Ooh, all right, oh, bit noises. But then it comes to nothing. <laughs> oh, thank you, Captain. Oh, well, no, you've passed the audition with that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can... <laughs> I'll be back next week. Oh. What a what a character! What a charming oh, yeah. guy! What a horrible pirate's I, curse! I think, we can, <laughs> I think we can all agree that uh, uh, he's he's a charming man. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs> so, Paul. Yeah, I'm just gonna drink a cup of tea. All right, shall I go continue with the record oh, review oh, now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Not who are just just, just a normal ah. <laughs> Just, um, so, Ty, that was very exhausting. This is a promotional item which we assume was obtained by people by sending away coupons that were on packs of fish fingers. Based on the very few pieces of information we could find online, like Discogs and 45 Cat. I don't know what that stands for, by the way. Do you know what 45 Cat means? No, but that's it, the problem with that is it's all loads of people just complaining yeah, about their lives. Fucking miserable cunts <laughs> on there. I bought this thing and oh, I make shit. a bit of money. Oh, oh, shit. And it turns out it's already on here. So what's the fucking point yeah. of me? Yeah, exactly. So not a lot of hard facts. But there's no date on the whole thing. It must be late 70s, early 80s. At the very latest early 80s. Yeah. Captain Birdseye, for people who don't know, it was a character, a marketing figure used by the Birdseye Company to sell fish fingers. Yeah. Captain Birdseye, also known as Captain Igloo in other countries, is the advertising mascot for the Birdseye frozen food brand founded by Clarence Birdseye. Captain Igloo, a lot more problematic, so he's at the home of the I think native... it's just a translation thing. I don't think Igloo, it's not, it's I-G-L-O, so it might be I-G-L-O. Oh, I, I see. Know. I'm just saying. Uh, so it's been played by various actors over the years, but the most prominent one is a guy called John Hewer, and he played the... Atypical salty sea dog. You know, like the guy from Tintin? Haddock. Haddock. It's got a kind of Captain Haddock, but much more friendly. And... Haddock was a proper full on drunk. Yeah. I mean, and a terrible person. Well, that's I love true. those. I, I love those quite, comics. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a Merchant Navy uniform, a white polo neck sweater, oh, and it's a merchant navy accent. So he has a sort a of combination 
combination of Haddock uh, being a, a sea dog, but also there's sort of a military. Do you know what yeah. I mean? There's a sort of uh, there's a, a naval kind of edge to it. I him. think he runs his own Author- unofficial a, navy yeah. of some kind. There's because an authoritarian edge with the, that. What know? they say as well is that the reason why it's kids in the advert, because uh, the idea was that he was a it's to selfish fingers to children. Well, that was the thing. They yeah. were trying to keep the brand relevant to kids. And so if they brought kids into the advertising role than the mums and dads, it made the kids go, I want fish fingers, mum and dad. And then I know, they, that was a brand so loyalty. weird and creepy, the whole idea of it. A, of like a going, man, an old man on the open seas with Abducting a, children and taking well, the, them in his boat, I, essentially. I presume they go on, go... They go on their own free I think choice. they get press ganged. Like, they're all in, like, you know, an, a, a school and they're drinking their milk and then at the bottom they find a coin and then, yeah. oh, you're on a boat now. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. When you actually look at naval history... Yeah. And there's all the stuff that he's referencing as a character. It's dark. Do you know what I mean? You die on boats, these boats. You'd, you'd get, you know, in wars, you'd be, there'd be pirates, there'd be sickness and, yeah, but and absolute is... filth, terrible poverty and filth and disease on these boats. And then you're putting children into this thing. Yeah, but you know why? It's because they're going for like this Enid Blyton version of that kind of I life. I know, but it just doesn't work when you know the reality. And even with the stories that, so we'll tell them. But back in like the 70s when the adverts first came, you know, I probably put an advert in. As we sailed on our quest for the prime white cord, I called out through my hailer to a tribe I saw on a distant shore who answered... Hello, sailor! Captain Birdseye! Now the tribe of that land weren't a happy band as I joined them by the fire and the meal we got was not so hot and you know, I'm not a liar. Let's cheer them up with some fish fingers. Birdseye fish fingers. Juicy white cuts of cod in crispy golden breadcrumbs made as only birds I know how. And did they smile? It stood out a mile. Now the memory of it lingers. They got on their knees and shouted, Remember, mums, you can't get your hands on tastier fish fingers. Captain Birdseye! When they came in, I was like, it was a different era. It was like, you look at how kids' programming was. It doesn't sound that much different from like a sitcom for kids kind of concept. You know, it's not too dissimilar to like Rainbow. Or uh, well, Captain know. Pugwash. Yeah. So there is there is a sort of precedent. Or the, or the for, Double Deckers. There's the a advent- reference for you. Is that a boat thing as well? No, Double Deckers was a, a British show made about a bunch of kids who lived in a double decker bus in London. Oh. But it had this weird kind of. It looked like an American show because the way it was filmed on film. I'd like to see that. Come along with they the lived double in the bus. Deckers. Yeah, they lived in it. Yeah, swinging sixties kind of show as well. Okay. Um, That's very odd. I don't remember too much more about it than that. But there you, you go. You know what I'm reference. saying about the inappropriateness of the whole concept of Captain Birdseye. Yeah, because now we live in a cynical age where we just think, oh, he's a fucking nonce. Obviously, it's not that. To. It's not that he's a nonce, and there's nothing sort of particularly creepy about the way he behaves as a character. No. He's friendly. He gives the kids fish fingers. You know what I mean? But just, I just mean the whole sort of darkness of that, the history, slavery. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And pirate, and like. That, you know what the Brits did? They had... They hired pirates. They hired pirates. To attack the Spanish. Yes. Funnily enough, it was one of those stories in that book. In Lyme Regis, we saw this statue, this privateer, they called them, didn't they? Yeah. You had, basically, you you had your own sort of dominion over your own fleet. Because it, it kind of killed two birds with one stone. It, it kept the Spanish at bay. And also, it kind of was like, we'll, you will keep a, we'll turn a blind eye to this ship, providing you help this. Dark and violent is what I'm trying to say. And no place for children. It's, it just seems like it's a strange... 
anachronistic what, what could thing. you do? Put them all on a, a like a salmon trawler in the middle of the fucking I think North it, Sea. You know what it goes back to as well, I think, is um, Treasure Island, yeah. which was a hugely popular thing, wasn't it? So there's a sort of adventure, boys' own adventure yes, there's that aspect. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. let's play a clip from this vinyl, because the so first side a... of the vinyl comes with... Because this is the thing, the vinyl comes with the book. Uh, which has got quite a high production standard. It's very nice. And one of the guys on 45 Cap pointed out the back cover has a picture of the sea. You're looking out to sea and there's a rainbow, but the sun is there. Yeah. And he said... It would never happen in reality. You can't see they never see the sun. Right. It's yeah. like... It's mate. a drawing. <laughs> yeah. There's also not a man, yeah. an old man with a boat full of kids anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Like It's read by Brian Kant. Yes. This. Of, so, of Play School. So is that it right? is a storybook about a bunch of kids and Captain Bird's Eye getting an intervention with pirates looking for gold, right? And the pictures were all black and white so you could colour them in like Colouring a colouring book, which is nice touch. So let's play a little clip of that right now. Come and get it, come and get it, she called sweetly. And leaning over the side, she scattered into the water nothing less than the ship's entire supply of fish fingers. A drastic measure indeed, but it did the trick. The octopus promptly dropped Captain Bird's iron bend back in the boat and slid off to tuck into a feast of fish fingers. It was still happily munching when the captain and Ben returned with the gold. The crew were so delighted that they gave a loud cheer. <laughs> Unfortunately, this awoke the crosspatch pirates, who were so tired after their night raid that they had been having a snooze in their cabins. When they peered out of their portholes and saw what had happened, they rushed on deck, roaring with anger. <laughs> then followed a desperate sea chase back to Birdseye Harbour. With the pirates so close that Captain Birdseye and his crew could see the battle scars on their ferocious faces. Watching in horror from the quayside were all the Birdseye fishermen. It was then that Captain Birdseye had his splendid idea. Fetch your nets, fishermen! he roared as he leapt ashore. We're after the biggest catch of wriggling ruffians you've ever seen in your lives! So saying, he set off for the castle with his crew carrying the gold and the fishermen carrying their nets, puffing and panting behind them. Hurry! Hurry! cried Belinda as the crosspatch pirates began to swarm up the hill after them, armed to the teeth. Now, here's what I'll say about that, right? Ooh, bad. Brian Kant, a legend, kids' TV show legend Lovely of voice. the 70s and 80s. Yep. Um, Does a professional job. He's trying to read the whole story on one side. So the fucking goes pace quite is breathless to it. Yeah. To the point where it's like, I felt like he was having like a panic attack towards the end. It's terribly written as well. And it's, it's not it's, the best story. It's a ter- terrible story. Effectively, the story is about Captain Birdseye lives on an island with his friends and then they find gold and then pirates come. The crosspatch pirates. Yeah. And they're the... trying to avoid any sort of skull imagery. Do you see what I mean? They're trying to sort of take out the real dark... The edges. Yeah. Yeah, for a friendly adventure. And then there's a thing with the octopus that keeps the treasure safe. The octopus, by and the way, then the way it's portrayed by the artist is, is very terrible. It looks like a baby's head on, le- on big legs. <laughs> I mean, it does. You, you can see photos of that on the website. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's very comical. Also, there's this picture early on, Paul. Yeah. Which has got a lot of dirty. We've got my dirty mind going. Yeah, you've got your dirty Look, he's mind. He's grabbing going. some. He's grabbing a knob-shaped piece of treasure out, That's and the he's pirate. pushing it towards his mouth. Isn't to he? me, that looks like scat. Like he's found a big. He's found piece a big turd, and, and he's going to go. Ooh, ar- there's one lying down, showing his crotch, and there's a guy looking at his crotch directly. There. That's all on you. 
just for the record. I don't listen. Think that was people will agree with me when they see the photo. I don't know. I don't think the illustrator. I'm going to draw on it and just point it out to everyone. I'll show the picture, and people can make their minds up if they go to thecheapshow.co.uk. He's looking, checking out that guy's asleep crotch. Yes, and that that's you need permission for that. You don't look at people's crotches while they're so asleep. So long story short, they use fish fingers to distract the octopus while they attack the pirates, and the pirates end up working in servitude yeah. to the kids and Captain Birdseye in a gold mine. Yeah. So there's a oh, capitalism is good, and like you can have some of the gold like and they love working and they love there. working the pirates really, they love it it's it's a problem for me it's all a of weird this. story really weird and problematic and then Matic. there's a big there's a big banquet in there's the a end. banquet at the end but he doesn't mention brian doesn't mention probably because he hasn't got time but they are all chowing down on fish fingers in the picture their yeah. whole diet consists of fish fingers fish fingers now paul fish fingers yeah. i love them i yeah. have to say i love a crispy fish finger in a in a nice sandwich or with some peas. Eli. Or chips and peas and egg. Eli. And fish finger. I'll definitely Just go so for that. Just so we can get this out of the way, I'm allergic to seafood and it is because of some vagina thing that you always go on about. No, I'm not going to say that. Apparently no, like mentally it. afraid of or something in your head. So ha ha ha, very good. But I, <laughs> I, I, it's it's not accurate. But Have I you ever had a fish finger though? Before, Year, well, yeah. years ago. But then you I didn't used to like them. You did, oh, you would get ill. Yeah. Right. And because I had asthma, they uh, they thought it was like an asthma thing, but it was just like you I never was... correlated it with yeah. the fish until much later. It got in life. worse as I got older. Terrible. They they are delicious. Great. And they're not very fishy. Is do you like bird's eyes? You know, bird's eye were the the original bird's eye invented the freezing deep freezing technique for food. Peas or something. He it? does peas. He does everything. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Because then he does does a load of it's just frozen food in general. He doesn't. Seafood, I don't. Think... Um, but these days, but it's all. Um, th- what I'm saying is, it's extremely important in sort of the birth of the modern world. Bird's eye is because he because frozen food. Yeah. No, Imagine I mean, like yes, that. Yeah. You know? It's like Schweppes with the carbonation process, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of those a foundational capitalist entities. Schweppes and bird's the, eye. Yeah. I hope this is a true fact, and like I don't research it while I'm editing. No, I heard this one of the first dollops I ever listened to was about the bird's eye thing. Oh, okay. He was he well, was an explorer. If the dollops, he was an then. explorer. He he was like that's why I thought the igloo thing fit because he was like an explorer who um who went to the Antarctic. And then he when sort was of, this then? Like 1800s? I believe so, yeah. You know it's what? Re- I have then, to listen to that episode. I've not heard that And they one. started, you know, it's 20th century when they started selling frozen, frozen fish. Yeah. What also occurred to me is how, you know, if a fish finger is like breaded, breadcrumbs, yeah. how do they get the crumbs on? Do they put the crumbs on while it's still frozen? Or do well, they, they put the crumbs on and then freeze it? They in that little batter first so then it has something to stick to. I mean, I presume that's the process. I don't know. Well, if you know how they make fish fingers, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> I love fish fingers. You smug cunts. <laughs> all right, all right. Think you know right. everything, don't you? Think you know everything about fish fingers? Yeah, no, you're something when you're nothing. So it is a terribly written story. Yeah. And also, there's a bit where he goes, the angry mob comes along and the sound effects of the angry mob are literally going, and they use the same sound effect of kids cheering throughout the whole thing. Also, when the, the octopus attacks, it's like the sound effect is someone splashing around in the bath. Yeah, just like, Nigel, just splash around in a bucket. Everything about, I think they've tried to make the octopus not very threatening in reality. But the thing is also, the sound mixing is a bit weird because the sound effects and music are quite loud in the mix. So with Brian Kant's kind yeah. of breathless delivery to try and squeeze it onto one side and then the cacophony of noise, it's weirdly intense to it, listen to. It was knocked off, wasn't it, in a day or but two? the B-side is where I like to talk about the shanties. There are because, shanties. You know, shanties were quite popular a year or so ago, weren't they? There because was some kind some, of internet thing. Some bunch yeah. of bellends did a shanty and it was great and then everyone TikToked it or whatever. I don't know. I'm old now. I don't care. It, they all just go, ooh, hey, up she rises. Oh, and, and up she rises. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah also all that stuff. But it was a thing. 
And there are some, on the B side, there was a bunch of shanties. And all they've done is they've taken familiar shanties and they've put bird's eye specific lyrics Singing all over children. Them. Basically, based on what the action in the book, really. There's one song that the one shanty well, they're going to play. At the end of the story, they're having a big banquet and then they decide, this is quite clever, like yeah. the link. At the end of the story on side one, they said they're having the banquet put on by the British government, wasn't it? I don't so it's know, all yeah, no, it is the government rewards him for enslaving. I think the it's pirates. a fictional land. I don't think it's yeah, like, but the government of that land well, it's a royalty, rewards him, isn't it? So yeah. it's probably the fealty. The king rewards him for enslaving the pirates. Yeah, okay. I mean, well done. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all eating fish fingers, and then they say to celebrate, they're going to sing some shanties. Turn over, and then you turn yeah. over for the shanties, which are on the other side. Then you have. There's nowhere we'd rather be. I mean, that sounds no, that a bit, sounds like they've been forced to say that. Or like, you know, what's that? Munkhausen. Monk- by proxy syndrome. Yeah, that Not one. Munkhausen. Bob Munkhouse by proxy syndrome. What's it called? The Cronenberg syndrome. Pring prong, Cronenberg <laughs> prong syndrome. No, what's that? When, you know, you're, you're a hostage. by proxy. What, what when you're it? a hostage and you fall in love with your your Oh, capital. Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm is it? syndrome. Is it Stockholm syndrome? Yes. Yeah. That sounds like Stockholm syndrome, doesn't it? There's nowhere we'd rather be. Sounds like... Then in a fishy, fishy, stinky boat with this weird bearded guy. Yeah, great. Yes. Um, and then you've got, oh, the crosspatch pirates. They're what the baddies. What do you do with a crosspatch pirate? Crosspatch pirate. Yeah. What do you do with a crosspatch pirate? What do you do with a crosspatch pirate? Enslave him in the gold mine. Yeah, there you go. Don't uh, form a union. Uh, no. Uh, smash oh, that no. union. They rise. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Smash that union for it. Rises. <laughs> Break right. their morale and yeah. kill yeah. their family. Yeah. Totally rip off a bunch of fucking innocents. Right, so... Hard-hitting shit. <laughs> the seabird the seabird sailed over the ocean. Yeah. Bo- very boring. And then you have Captain Birdseye, which is like praising him. Yeah, it's a song about... Well, actually, it's that song particularly is one I'm going to play, which is the kind of... It kind of condenses the book into a song. Paul, so, can I ask you a question? No, I'm going to play the song now. <laughs> Are you going to play when they get angry, the angry horde, please? Yes, I'll play that because that's the bit that means most to you, apparently, out of all of it. We need scores for both these records, I just remembered. Not scores, it's just are they a platter or are they a splatter? That's right. So Um, go for the first one. Wait there. Wait there. Oh. Come over here, I've got to come here. I tell you what, I was stroking it and I was getting right close to coming and then the porn went off her. Is this the pirate? This is the pirate again. And did the voice seem different? Jim Lad. Oh, hello, Captain I've Blue been Balls. I've yeah. in the toilets and watching porn did, on my phone. Did you manage and to... I tell you, i about to do it, finally about to do it, and then, oh, no, my phone's battery died, and I could... Oh, R. Oh, R. Oh, R. Oh, 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 my indeed. balls are blue. Now, do you oh, have... Oh, what a curse. 
Are you going to... Oh, curse. My crimes do not deserve that. Now, Captain Blue Balls. Captain Blue Balls. Aye. I've heard both tracks. And we... we it like... was hard to keep the rhythm. So we'll go for the first track. We'll see what you think. I'm a slave to the rhythm. Uh, the first of the platters today, Paul. I mean... Captain. Oh, I'm here as well, though, so you can ask me as well. Oh, do I have to get a separate score from you and the captain? Oh! <laughs> okay. Yeah. So both of you. Yes, please. We're both listening. First record was Isambard Kingdom Brunel and other comical cigars from our Ariel. It's I an like L it. on the end of Ariel. Yeah. Well. I don't understand that. With old Pete and John Christie. It's a platter for me. I think it's a charming slice of local radio uh, fun. And it's a nice little kind of time capsule thing. I like it. It has some charm it for sure. And what does and what does the the captain say? Oh, and I was singing. I couldn't get that song out of my head, so it was that put me off. Arr. I'm trying to stroke it, and I got is in my kingdom, Brunelar, Jimmy Jimland. So a, a platter or a splatter? I wish I could splatter. I know. But it's a platter for me. Okay, and moving on, and for me as well. Yeah. I, I like it definitely for that lo-fi sort of yeah that the cultural sort of artifact aspect of it and the second of our records which is the book and coloring book the adventures of captain bird's eye high sea adventure and sing-along shanties with the captain Aye. now captain we'll go to you first because you are appropriate for this captain Aye. blue balls that's right that's my name what did you think a platter or a splatter for you Aye, i tell you I found it joyous. It took me back to my youth, it did. Oh. Arr, I was, I tell you a secret, I was on that very island with Captain Birds. He told me everything he knew. What was he like as a person? He was absolutely charming. All right. <sighs> there's nothing else. <laughs> okay, and Paul, nice. so it's, it's, it's a... Oh, what? it's a platter for me. I like the shanties. And I remember. Paul? Uh, yes, I think... Uh, it's almost borderline because it's kind of not that interesting and yet very interesting at the same time. But I'm going to give it a platter because I think that's fair. I'm going to go splatter, I'm afraid, oh, on this. No, I, I understand, found it, though. I found it very aggravating, I everything about it. I the get speed that. of the story, like you were saying, yeah. and also the really annoying children's choir, yeah. and also all the no, problematic I don't disagree things. with your opinion The best thing about this for me is the way he's looking at that guy's crotch, he's asleep. Yeah, Paul. you get no pushback on that for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's so the end of... I tell you what, before I go, I just want to give you one of my own sea shanties I do. Okay. Uh, here we go. If you know it, join along. All, all right. right, I will, yeah. My ball bag is aching today. Oh, yeah. My ball bag is aching all day. Oh, yeah. I wish I could do something about it. I can't, know. But I can't because my balls are going grey. If you let me now, Captain. Yeah. I'm trying to spunk out me knob end. I'm trying to spunk out me knob. I'm trying to spunk out me knob end. But the spunk, it won't go far. Oh, stroke me, stroke me, oh, stroke me off, please, till I come, I come. Stroke me, stroke me, my balls are as big as some plums. <laughs> oh, it brings me back, oh, I'm going to get back on the SS throb on. <laughs> Goodbye. SS, I'm going to get on the SS throb on and go out to the high seas. Oh, maybe I'll get it one day. I don't know. I've got to go. I tell you Goodbye, what. Captain. Goodbye. Goodbye, Captain. It was lovely singing with you, Captain. Oh, God. What an emotional day it's been here Ooh. on Cheap Show. Yes. So it's time to say goodbye. So let's sign off.
Right, we've been talking too long. It's time to go. So thank you for listening this week. If you like and help and want to support us, you can on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cheap show. Give what you can, but only if you can, and you get podcasts and videos and old magazines and all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, the Cheap Show website is a great place. It's a one-stop shop for all the merch, links to Tony and the magazines and, then and all that kind of stuff, and tickets for 300 are all there. And every episode has an accompanying page with images that accompany the episode. So go to thecheapshow.co.uk and have a look around there what else instagram facebook we're on those but we're most chatty on twitter i'm at paul gannon show it's at the cheap show pod and eli is eli snoid you spell it e-l-i-s-n-o-i-d and i feel like brian Kant reading out a captain bird's eye story but it is time to go we'd love to see you at the live show we hope to see you soon and we hope you listen in again and thank you Please share and enjoy. Did you say mention the patrons? Yeah, I did. I said thank you. Thanks, thank patrons. You. And, and it's lovely. And if people want to help, they can. That would be nice. I feel like I haven't said Chodney or Chadney or Radney enough the whole episode. Yeah, but we've had Leela Lula. We've had, we had Shanties. We've had, you know what? It's been refreshing today. It has we've had not. so much brand new fucking material. All right. Goodbye then. <sighs> oh, I was trying to get a big ending. All right. Oh, tell me no, about no, it. No, no, no. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Fucking hell.